best thing i've seen on it that like i didn't know i felt but once i read it i'm like that's what i'm feeling and i totally agree with it what is that came from scientific american of all places okay and um i can't there you came. just keep going babe um yeah it was someone who pointed out that it started out a sociological show Mm-hmm. where it was showing how the wheels of society force people into situations and choices that are very difficult to make. And that's why nobody felt totally good or totally bad, even though there was people who were clearly trying to be good and were good hearted and people are trying to be bad and bad hearted. You right. could still kind of see both sides with everybody and it didn't feel forced. Um, and then as soon as uh, they left the books behind, it turned into a psychological show, which is what most TV and movies are about, like people's right. choices and their inheritance and, and their relationships. But they were working off the outline that Ma- Martin gave them, which was still a sociological outline. Yeah. And so they just royally screwed it up. They hit all the story beats that you could like look at and go, oh, I could see how that story beat would be a dilemma. Right. Jon Snow killing but Danny should have been like a, holy shit, that's a, choice yeah. he had to make and he was forced but into he it. made it within 10 minutes he made it within 10 minutes and the whole setup to it was psychological they fell in love yeah but the like the beats were st- so it was frustrating to see that the story could have been good but all the characters were acting wrong right you know and that i think well, that's why everybody hated the last two seasons sound- yeah well john's thing was that uh or not Jon Snow, but my John was like, it feels like an outline. Like it feels mm-hmm. like this last season was that they just like, it was like, we got to do this, 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 and this, and then we're done. Well, it was an outline, but also like there were so many time wasting scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long did it take Tyrion to crawl through the dungeon to, to find yeah, his Cersei siblings for no reason? Like they could have, they were hot dead people though. Let's that was a cool, there was good that. shots. Yeah. But the only reason I care, I mean, because I was sort of like, you know what, I kind of know the books are going to kick ass and I know that Martin was waiting to put more books out until the show was over. I don't over. think he's going to put out more books. I think that motherfucker is going to die. No, I think he was like waiting till the show came out so people would be like, that sucked and then he comes and saves the day with the books. I let's honestly think he's got so. them all in his back pocket. How cool would that be? That's my hope. Well, I've heard it's, uh, a few of the books are pretty hard to get through because they're, they're just so dense. They're not the best literature in the world, but they're better than Tolkien. And they're Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> my God. Whoa. Jamie's middle hand gauntlet thrown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Tolkien's books are hard to read. I like that you... <laughs> I don't know. You're a big book reader. Look at the. Have you seen a book that big? No. We're That's at a, Karina's house right now recording, and the oh, book is that a is, game? It's a board game. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> okay. I was like, that's the biggest book I've ever fucking seen. And Karina's just casually reading it. No, that's just a dumb board game okay, that's tall mind. enough to make my microphone. Never mind. You're not smart based on how fat your books are. Thanks. I don't know. My, I have some. F- fat books a fat book doesn't mean you're smart what's the i feel like that's the end of the podcast what's like the the, what do we infinite learn jest oh i have not read infinite jest any anybody that has infinite jest on their bookshelf i want to fucking fight them mm. 
I'm with no, you. I don't have it. And I don't have anything against David Foster Wallace. I like his essays, but like, you know, six pages is enough of him for me. I don't need 6,000. No, it's bigger than the Bible. Yeah. What's Damn. the fattest book you own? Or that you've read? Other than the dictionary? That I've read? Mine's it. Mine is it as well. That's yeah. what I was going to say. I have an original. I tried Mason Dixon, Mason and Dixon. I just couldn't. Yeah. No, oh, but it's weird. I'll read like series that if you add them up, they're like one giant fat book. But I can't mm-hmm. like take one you know big what? fat book. We should seriously. take all of your series books and glue them together. So you do have one big fat book. Okay. It's a brilliant idea. It's easy <laughs> to travel with. My God. Let's do it. Uh, what was I saying? I oh, so the only reason I'm, I even care about Game of Thrones is that they just announced that these two clowns are going to be in charge of the next Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Oh, no. What are they? So, okay. No. D&D? This, this Star Wars yeah. trilogy is ending this year, right? Yeah. they're And they they kind of teased that they were done for a long time. And I was like, this, they should put it on the shelf to marinate yeah, for a decade. Yeah, I thought they were like done forever. No, they just announced three new Star Wars movies starting in 2022 with these guys in charge. We'll all be dead by then. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, They're going to fuck it up. Well, I also think that's why they wanted to get the fuck out of yes. GOT world. That was the explanation. Is like, yeah. oh, they, they got thrown tons and tons of money to Which do a season so nine. And they were like, no, up. we're getting Star Wars. Like, how much better would it have been? I don't know. I, uh... Also, I'm not a huge Star Wars person. I'm more of a Tolkien person. Okay. And I like Lord of the Rings. That's all right. You like people singing i do god do i i love it a lot you like just where pippin sings alone and i the- know every word to that song oh home is behind the world ahead when i had rewatched that for the podcast the other podcast it was the it was torture it was did you watch torture. the extended edition yes that's and the only that editions I'll watch. that was torture to you? Yes. The Return leaving. of the King is so Oh my God. No, bad. it's not. I tried to see Return of the King a total of 24 hours in the theater when I was in high school. <laughs> Just like back to back. Yeah, not back to back, but me and my friends tried to go see it as many times to add up to 24 hours. I saw Pirates of the Caribbean 17 times Lisa, in theaters. get S- seriously? out. Seriously? 17? Is, yeah. I feel like Karina and I are having a serious conversation. Oh, no, I'm way more interested. <laughs> and Lisa times. saw it 17 times. Pirates? The Why? The first one, right? Why? The good one? Okay. Because it was the good one. Yeah. Did you... I feel like this is a movie that... Lisa went on like 17 dates and it was like Groundhog nope, Same day. boyfriend the whole time. No shit. Wow. Uh-huh. You just like dun 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 I love, I love that soundtrack. It's a good score. It is a good soundtrack. It the is. The first one is great. That it's movie very is good. great. Yeah, it's 17 times I in a theater great. I don't think it's 17 times in a theater great. I saw each Lord of the Rings probably at least four times in theaters. I saw the last two. But the first one, I wasn't into it. And then my stepdad rented it. And I was like, what is this? Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. So. I was wa- I was in some movie. And they showed, like, the trailer for it. And I was like, the fuck is this? And my friend's stepdad was like, 
oh god this is gonna be so cool the stepdads of the world (laughs) came out and said lord of the rings is awesome and yeah they were right they were fucking right so right and l-o-t-r r-o-t-k is great karina suck yes i know yeah okay it's t-r-o no No. well whatever no it's not (laughs) no one calls it whatever i don't care I just never, I, I I think, you know, whatever. It's Tolkien mm, is, like, important. He's like the Beatles, and I don't blame people for loving Tolkien. But you're more of like a Rolling a, Stones girl. Uh, no, I'm more of a, oops, I grew up on all the knockoffs, and now that seems boring to me. Like, okay. I, I, I grew up on all the people who were inspired by and then evolved Tolkien, and then I went way back and caught up on it. Mm. And I was like, what is this boring horseshit? So you're like crazy sci-fi fantasy chick no i don't even like uh, the only sci-fi i like is is star wars i (sighs) I usually like hard like game of thrones like dragons and stuff okay but i like the gormenghast trilogy there are shannara stuff what gormenghast it's so good it's beyond us now it's a really thick book. Art, yeah. <laughs> You're looking for a thick it's book? It's the thickest it's book the on my shelf. T-H-I-C-C. No, it's really good. It's written by a man who went insane during the writing of the third book. So you actually get to see his <gasps> oh, mind collapse as terrifying. he writes it. Mm, I'm gonna it is terrifying. Look it up on Audible. What's it called? The Gormenghast Trilogy. Gormenghast. It's fantastic. And it's shocking that it hasn't been turned into a movie series. It's from like the 70s, I think. 80s, maybe. Anyway, this has been Book Talk. Yeah. I'm Karina Magyar. <laughs> I'm Lisa Friedrich. I'm Whitney Lamond. Mmm, weird brunch. Mmm, <laughs> books. Arwen. What's your thickest book? Arwen was my favorite. Arwen? In the movies Liz? or in the books? Liv, not Liv. Liz. Liv. In the movies, she was. Job. I like the movies. In the Arwen. movies, she girl, I ain't great. read those books. Mm, don't. I have them. No, you should read them. They're I great. Have them. This, if you like reading lyrics, <laughs> they do do a lot of singing. But like, <laughs> I mean, they left out Doo-doo. Tom Bombadil, and they there are certain parts of it that didn't make it into the movie, which doesn't make the movies bad, but does add a lot to the movie or to the book. What the fuck is on my arm? I have this huge stain. You have mustard on your elbow? I don't know what happened. Hey, lick it off. Uh. Okay. Anyways, that's unattractive. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, you need to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Your elbow's gross. I'm going to go home and watch Lord of the Rings. Fuck y'all. Did you rub it up against the dirty frame I made with dirty fence posts? No, I didn't. Okay. I can't reach that. Okay. Like, that wouldn't happen. This is a really cool map thing you got. Is that a map of uh, Lord of the Rings? It's (laughs) Shezhegong. It's the mountains of the world. Relative heights. And also, it the, sounds like you're dying. <laughs> it's tableau comparatif et figure on the end. De la hauteur du principal montagne et cour du principal fleuve du monde. It's all the so the du those mind, are the rivers. What's up? And those are all the longest <laughs> rivers, and those are all the tallest mountains. And they threw in the waterfalls just for funsies, and you can see them um, relative to each other. See, Lisa, 
She's not looking at it, but it's beautiful. She's imagining it. Exactly it's beautiful how it and it is. was made in 1829 okay. and it's I'm accurate. laying down, I'm looking at it. <laughs> Where's the waterfall? Oh, there's a waterfall. Yeah. Are there, is that the tallest waterfall? Yeah. It's all accurate. Like the, it, even though it it's a hundred and or it's two hundred years old almost. How many of these are in America? A lot. The Rockies okay. are in there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Why is it all in French? Because French, French people made it. Because it's a French map. The French would make a map like this. Yeah, that's right. That's why I would like it. Mm-hmm. You Francophile. Mm-hmm. I file mm. them Franks. Yeah, she does. <laughs> file them under to do. Who has the best story? Damn. Me. Um, me. I me. don't, so I'll it's go first. me. Okay, Lisa's first. Let's talk about Scottish water sprites, baby. (laughs) It's a dream. Welcome to hell. And also a person. Welcome to hell. I just like that you yelled welcome to hell at all of us. Well, because this is going to get ridiculous. (laughs) Um, Good. Karina and I won't point it out. I I like when we save it for last, but let's do it. Let's eat dessert first. Yum, 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 yum. It's like a Pop-Tart. Um... (laughs) Scottish water creature that lurks somewhere in the realm between folklore and possible reality is the one called the... Is it possible reality? Okay. It is, and we'll get to it. Mm -hmm. This is one of your sources. (sighs) It's called the (laughs) Iki, which comes from the Middle English Iker or Eker, meaning water sprite or hippopotamus. Wait, what? (laughs) Okay. Hmm? What's the difference There's a lot of Okay, okay. But uh, the difference between water sprite and hippopotamus? Yes. I don't know. I don't speak Negligible. Well, do, like, are, are hippopotami <laughs> named after water sprites? Or are water sprites named after hip, like? Is a hippopotamus a water sprite? Or is a rectangular square? I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I don't want a water sprite. Only hippopotamus will do. I love that song. Um, it's one of it's the better Christmas girls. a really good song. Yeah. Uh, they're supposedly large humanoid creatures native to northern England and Scotland, in particular Basinthwaite mm-hmm. Lake and Windermere, mm. which I think Windermere is in Game of it's Thrones. It's a place. Sounds like actually, it's in the Elven countries. Oh, it's not, but it sounds like <laughs> it is. Nice try. Uh, reptilian in appearance and covered with slime with wide, formidable mouths filled with needle-like teeth. Ooh. Oh, those are just Scottish people. <laughs> oh, oh, I did it. She couldn't even I get did through it. it. <laughs> I uh, got them. <laughs> Jesus. These strange creatures don't seem to be purely confined to folklore as they've been spotted for centuries, particularly during the 19th century, but there have been witness accounts right up into much more modern times. The most well-known... How tall are they? Sorry. Are these like tall lizard people with sharp needle teeth? (laughs) They're probably between like five foot and six foot. So, like, average human height. Yeah, they're okay. humanoid. This okay. sounds like the towns of Basil Thwaite and Windermere trying to drum up tourism. This is different than your lizard people. Mostly different. Oh. No, this is different than my lizard people. Lizard people are people. Uh, lizard people <laughs> actually exist. Lizard oh. people These are real. People. This is hey, folklore. Hey, let's keep politics out of this podcast. For real. I'm sorry. Seriously. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> 
The most wait, well- lizard people would die in Scotland. It's too cold. No, well, lizard people can live everywhere. <laughs> but it gets too cold and they're lizard people. They don't No, have, they've learned how to regulate their body temperature. They wear like long, scuba suits or something. They wear human suits. What oh, yeah. are we talking about? This is y'all are ignorant. <laughs> okay, tell us about the water yes, sprites. Tell us about the more more about the water sprites that are amphibians but not lizard people. Are they mammalian? No. I would think they're no. amphibious. They're right? sprite Italian. They're ikis. They're ikis. The most well-known supposed 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 modern sighting of an iki was made in 1973 when witnesses Rudolf Stavenus and Gunnar Jacobson. Gunnar. Gunnar. Oh man. Oh We're visiting. I would have made out with that boy when I was in elementary school. Yeah, get it, Gunnar. The only reason there's not one more Gunnar in this world is because I had daughters. Oh, go. really? Oh, yeah. Gunner's <gasps> the name. God. Yeah. Kidding? Gunner Magyar would never stop getting laid. Oh, you would sure. be a grandma now. I would. <laughs> a very weird yeah. situation that Sorry. would be. Continue. No, it's all good. Gunner. Uh, they were visiting Bassinthwaite Lake. And claimed to have seen one of the creatures swimming in the water just offshore. They even managed to take two photographs of it. And Stavenus would later say of the encounter, resting near to the lake. This is so like, it's 1973, but he's talking like it's 1901. Mm -hmm. Resting near to the lake, (laughs) I saw something that made me both excited and intrigued at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Something strange was swimming in the lake, period. It ducked below the surface and reappeared some distance away. It's getting very Dick Van Dyke. The I like it. The speed that the animal moved was amazing. How many kilometers per hour? You're asking very specific questions I'm on this what story. If, what if it was just a, a... I'm just trying to be British or Irish. What if it was just a retiree who was good at swimming and had like an unfortunate... Head. Back. Or back. <sighs> Y'all ruin everything. Continue. I've never been able to find out what it mm-hmm, was I mm-hmm, saw, mm-hmm. and my story has been met with some ridicule. Some. Some ridicule. Just a little. Uh, far more well known and also more deeply rooted in the myths and legends of the area are the shape shifting water spirits known as the Kelpie. Ooh, oh, yeah. I've heard of Kelpies. I know the Kelpie. Said yeah. to be a horse like aquatic beast that inhabits the rivers of Lochs and of Scotland. Fun. Now they're more like hippopotamuses. Well, that's like the Loch Ness monster, like more a like horse guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hippopotamuses are mer- water horses. A merhorse. Merhorse. Uh, although the appearance the of these murders. <laughs> although the appearance of these beings differs depending on the region or tradition, kelpies are usually said to look. Like beautiful black horses, only with the notable details that their hooves are backwards. And of course, oh, they man. can. Are they in Gucci? That makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable too. Yeah. Um, and of course, they can swim and submerge themselves effortless, effortlessly. It's probably with lots of effort, they can submerge themselves. It's probably a resident cave dweller who turned their hooves backwards. <sighs> what? It's unnatural. What? Sicko. What? Oh, they are attributed with having a range of magical powers that can vary on the region, including the ability to entrance human beings with their songs or oh, gaze, mm-hmm. 
and most commonly the ability to change sizes or shapeshift into a human being, almost always a man, although they retain their hooves in this form and often are depicted as having hair entwined with water weeds, mud, and detritus. I want to see it. Detritus. Detritus? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's right. What's detritus? I concur. Just crap like dirt and stuff. Okay. Dirt and twigs. And a bunch of shit. It's shit. a fancier way to say dirt. Okay. Dirt tritus. It's, yeah. <laughs> right? Dirt. Isn't that how it's spelled? Yeah, no. But Almost. You, the T and the R are switched. You it's nailed right. a really good way to remember how that word yeah. works. Yeah. Uh, Kelpies are almost always described as being malevolent or at the very <gasps> least mischievous. Of course, they're men. Mischievous. I hate it when people say mischievous and I'm mad that I say Really? It. Yeah, it's I like, think I would mischievous. say mischievous. It's, I'm with you. It's mischievous. Do yeah. you say, okay, do you say, how do you say interesting? Interesting. 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 <gasps> I say interesting. I say interesting. I say interesting. Okay. Hmm. Anyways, continue. <laughs> Did I just lose? Yes. Okay. Um, and are known as being extremely aggressive, attacking and eating anyone who comes near, only to discard the entrails at the water's edge. Which, like, That's put nice it all the way the in the other water. Fish, though, I mean, yeah, but like, put it all the way in the water. You're right. Yeah, leaving right. it at the edge. Get it's out also of here. literally a description. What are we, of how Bon Jovi's attack? <laughs> I wish one what? of these was called a Bon Jovi. <laughs> It could be. Why uh, did you? S what? I frequently get the song "Living on the Edge" and "Living on a Prayer." Oh, we actually up. covered yeah. this, and that's not the Bon Jovi song, right? Now it's Aerosmith. In some traditions, the Kelpies actively encourage riders to the point that they outfit themselves with a saddle and bridle, only to drown whoever is foolish enough to try. These bridles were said to be powerful magical items and that whoever were able to steal one from a Kelpie would wield the power to turn others into horses or ponies as well as various healing abilities. Oh my God. I feel like you could go to a convention center right I now and find it. people who are cosplaying yeah. this. Yeah. They're yeah into My Little Ponies and they have Kelpies. Yeah. Some sort of sub furry. Oh yeah, kind this of, is a thing. Yeah, it's a it thing. reminds me of that one scene in uh, Neverending Story. Mm. Um, you know the one where the horse actually died. Yep. For all this grim and aggressive behavior, Kelpies were also said to sometimes take a human form in uh, order to find a human mate. The product of these unions Makes being sense. children with shorter than normal ears, who were impossible to drown. And shorter than normal ears, who are impossible to impossible drown. Impossible to drown. Mm -hmm. I knew a kid like that. Was Jesus. he a duck? Did you try to kill him, What's Karina? I mean, before she made any friends, she did try to drown them. That's. <laughs> but I mean, do you remember when you first met her and she was like, come over to my house. Let's go swimming. Swimming. And then she tried to drown you. I do remember that. I've yeah. tried to push it out. Well, I needed to know if you were a, a duck. It's true. Mm -hmm. Classic. Okay. Lisa, oh, uh, tell us more. Sorry. 
Um, in some traditions, one could only actually kill the monster by removing its bridle, after which it would wither away and die within 24 hours. They can also traditionally be captured and kept as slaves for hard labor if one is able to outfit them with a special halter engraved with a cross. Mm. And exorcisms were sometimes said to be effective in banishing them. Mm, it be. Wait, so there's a whole bunch of wanting to use them, but then also exorcism is needed to get rid of them yeah if they're yeah like, if you're done okay yeah. um a but lot you of can people... also take off their bridle and it'll kill them yes all right but um, if you sit in their bridle they'll kill you yes it's so, a little bit of contradiction it's a very Just complicated a relationship bit. this yeah. is definitely an it's complicated on facebook yeah. <sighs> um they're they've been seen at loch ness um, of, course. of course they have Jesus another horse like water spirit uh, is the eek usage u-i-s-g-e u-i-s-g-e I have no idea that's some eekweesh yeah that's eek-weesh. some Gaelic shit I don't know how to do that uh, which literally translates into water horse Unlike the Kelpie, which is said to only dwell in the freshwater river, streams, pools, and locks, the Equish traditionally inhabits these and seas as well, mm. with stories particularly common in the Scottish Highlands. Uh, its appearance is very similar to the Kelpie, resembling a fine stallion, sometimes with a parrot-like beak, and it also has the power to shapeshift into either a human or an enormous bird. With their human form readily distinguished by the weeds, mud, and sand caked into the hair. Hmm. One key difference between the Kelpie and the Equish is that while the former rarely ventures far from the water, the latter can travel long distances inland and can survive out of the water for very long periods in search of prey all over the countryside. Uh, the Equish is also described as being even more wicked and vicious than the sinister Kelpie, attacking and killing intruders on sight. And like the Kelpie, they also have the ability to adhere people to their flesh in order to drag them screaming into the depths. Adhere people to their flesh? Mm-hmm. Like double stick tape? Mm-hmm. Like if you pet it? Like that skin to someone's scrotum from that last episode? Okay. Same way? Yeah. You are not on mic. <laughs> I know. I like it in the distance. <laughs> like that scrotum. <laughs> Someone I... just whispered about a scrotum. Um, although they prefer to eat people, they are also known to take livestock and eat everything in their from their prey except the livers, which they will discard. The only time they are known to not kill any humans is when one wishes to attract human women. For which they have an infatuation with. (laughs) Although they are fickle and will readily devour their mates or objects of affection if displeased with them or particularly hungry. Typical man. Similar to the Kelpie, the Equish can only be killed by using silver or heated iron. And one account of such kill was published in John McKay's More West Highland Tales in which it is written. And so it is Thank you, John McCain. Uh, mm-hmm. oh God, hold on. I have to see how much is left. There's so much. It sounds like a lot. There's mm-hmm. two more left after this. There's two more. Two things? more animals. Yeah. Wow. Are they good or are they? <laughs> are they? What kind of? 
Are they more water the sprites? They're are just they? like stronger and stronger until we get to like the biggest water sprite. One of them's like a seal thing. Uh, oh, that's um, I know the seal thing. What's it yeah. called? Uh, I can't think of the name right now. Selkie. A selkie. Yeah, yep. they, they did a movie about that. It's really good. What's it called? Selks in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what. Oh, it's when called. I do it, Whitney's the only one who supports me. Well, Whitney does it. Karina loves it. Okay, <laughs> I see how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, I'm John McKay talks about some blacksmith who lost his daughter to an Swish and then he kills him with a. Fucking Wait, it's John McKay. John McKay. Yes, I thought you said John McCain. Yes. John McCain sat around in in. His daughter. I mean, you know. Song of the Sea. It's a very good movie. You should check it out. It's about silkies. It's not better than Lord of the Rings. No, it's not. Um, So another water horse. (laughs) So there's three water horses. Uh, This one is the Knuckle-Levy. Knuckle-Levy. Go for it. I like it. Knuckle-Levy. Anyway, it means Devil of the Sea. A dream I have frequently. Um, (laughs) It's... It's also bad. Uh, <laughs> this it, is it's depicted this like is a centaur, thorough, but also yeah. the opposite of thorough. At the you same know what it time. feels like? It feels like when you like boot up a fighting game and they have like six characters to choose from, and you like kind of glance at the stats and pick mm-hmm. one. But if you wanted to, you could open up the instruction manual and read the whole backstory yeah. and shit. But yeah. you don't. Give us the goods. <sighs> Sorry, I did. <laughs> uh, so then there's Selkie Sea Folk. Uh, it basically means gray seal. Mm-hmm. Uh, denotes a race of water spirits that can change from between an enormous seal and human by shedding their skins. Uh, the Selkie Sea Folk come in both male and female variations, and in either case, they are described as being extremely physically attractive and seductive in their human forms. A common folktale is of a human male coming across one of the com- comely. 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 Cumley sounds terrible. It's the I mean, it worst. is what it is. Uh, Cumley, selkie women bathing in her human form, and he decides to steal her unattended seal skin in order to persuade her to become his wife. Yep. Uh, the tale the selkie women is forced to remain in her human form and have children with the man, typical man. Uh, the whole time longing to return to the sea and finally doing so when she discovers her skin. Yeah, um, that's what this movie's about. The mm. hybrid children of Selkie and human relationships are usually described as having skin that is cracked and greenish white mm-hmm. in color and possessing webbed hands and feet, sometimes sure. with seal-like facial features as well. Mm. Um, Selkie legends span beyond just the Scottish lords. Very similar tales of sea folk are told in... Faroe Islands, Iceland, Ireland, Sweden, and even in the North America Chinook tribe. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So yeah, a bunch of horses, uh, a sea, per- or a seal person, and uh, the hippopotamus. Well, that's the hippopotamus. Literally means river horse. Okay. And I think it was named after all these mythological ideas of like water horses that's cool i feel like there has to be a another water animal that looks more like a horse than a hippopotamus does seahorse yeah like a seahorse they're not (laughs) 
biggest. Yeah. But yeah. No, I feel. I mean, I just saw a hippo, and it does look like a horse. Does like, it? Like, it looks like, like a, a cow. Fat horse. But manatees own that. Yeah, manatees already got oh, the cow. Sweet manatees and scary, scary hippos. But they look sturdy. Y'all don't want to go to Scotland and find these things? No. Mm -mm. Fucking Mm -mm. I do. I've always wanted to go find the Loch Ness Monster. Always. Mm -mm. I dare you to do it. I I fucking will. Double. I fucking will. Okay. Do it. I'm Jon Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Jon Snow. Jon Snow. I like that. That's what she is. (laughs) That's what she said. Karina, are you next? Sure. Sure. Okay, cool. Sure. All right. So. I'm sorry that was an hour long. Is it? Karina will just cut out half of it. It's fine. Oh. I'm just kidding. I I didn't mean that in a bad way. All the best stuff. Oh, so my story is going to get cut 100%. We are going to learn everything we need to know. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> She doesn't Sounds like listen you're gonna anyways. It doesn't matter. I'm getting. Have my story's always been cut. No. Oh God. Oh, you don't listen, do you? Oh God. She doesn't listen. She doesn't. Mm, know. Now we know. She doesn't listen. What a what she a trauma. Mm-hmm. I've been replacing all of your stories with Whitney Houston songs for like 17 episodes. That's why we've Fuck. gone up in <laughs> listenership. <laughs> Fuck. It's really helping. So we're gonna keep doing it. Sorry. No. I'm sorry. I'm a mean wine mom. <sighs> okay. So this is the story of Dr. Richard Jureski, who I thought you were going to say Dr. Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I want to do a, I wonder if Richard Dreyfus has a good story I or if he's Richard just like, Dreyfus. I hope he has like a really good story. I, I hope like he's him. not a me too. Probably. Okay. So born in 1931, to a Jewish family in Stetten, Germany. So bad timing. Oh, shit. Yeah. Richard Jureski uh, was there with his family when the Nazis came to power, of course. In 1937, they saw the writing on the wall and they took off and they came to America. Good for them. Mm-hmm. They are lucky. Poor refugees in New Jersey. Um, young Jureski found solace in games like Rummy and Bridge and uh, was very good at kind of numbers and statistics and patterns. Mm-hmm. And he ma- he won a lot of money from his friends and all that. Kind of caught the bug for winning money by being good at... Smart and seeing numbers. Seeing numbers. But uh, in school, he studied medicine uh, that made his father happy. So in the 1950s, he got a reputation as one of the world's best medical researchers. Okay. He was just really good at medicine. Just smart. Um, but his real true passion was roulette. Okay. <laughs> so, a little different than medicine. A little bit different. So he built up his career in the 1950s, became somewhat famous, uh, and definitely um, as wealthy as you can be as a research medical researcher. Right. And he started studying roulette because he was convinced that it was the one casino game that you could beat because casinos have to, they replace their cards and their dice and all their other stuff and all right. the time. But roulette wheels are super duper expensive. 
like yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars each. So they stay on touch and stay in there for decades and they wear down and that that wear and tear he was convinced would lead to patterns. Okay. So he started studying roulette tables at um, Atlantic City and uh, kind of came up with a rough outline of a system where he would just record the results of the wheel thousands and thousands of times. And he noticed like say one and two and three won, then the next winner was probably going to be three again because of just the little grooves Mm -hmm. in the metal and just the way that the wheel spun. He was like, there's a probability here that, you know, you can find some good patterns where you just wait for the right moment and then you can place a bet because you pretty much know what the next number is going to be. This actually was not like his original idea. I mean, he thought of it all by himself, but there was somebody named Joseph Jagger who figured out biased wheels and won a ton in the 1880s. And in the 1947, two mathematics researchers um, did so well using this technique that they bought a yacht and sailed off into the Caribbean sunset. Uh, there's also some German guy named Helmut Berlin, oh, Helmut. who was <laughs> a lathe operator. And in 1950, he hired a team of people to just track wheels till he could find a pattern. And he ended up making $420,000. So like, he's not the first to do this, but he wanted to be the best he wanted it to be the perfect system so that he could walk up to a roulette wheel watch it for three turns put a bet down win and walk away every single time so he gathered data for months and months and months and he scrapped scraped together his entire savings which was a hundred dollars he went to the casino to gamble for the first time at the casino and he turned his one hundred dollars into five thousand dollars that day damn which is about 41 grand now I, I i would like that yeah so now he's interested like oh my god i could really do this he ends up moving to germany because he gets a job at the university of heidelberg because he's studying like really important stuff in forensic medicine he also happens to be a pioneer of all sorts of medical research and he's mm-hmm. like really more like well-known and famous for that in fact he won a prestigious peace prize one of only 12 worldwide um, for basically founding Doctors Without Borders. Wow. Um, but not like the actual service organization we know now, but more of the research arm, like the CDC of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real reason he was excited to be in Germany is because he could bop over to Switzerland and hit those roulette wheels. Damn. Y'all remember Make that? Make that money. Y'all remember that movie with Angelina Jolie and Clive Owen? Yeah. It's like... Bor- it's like that. Without border something doctors mm. without borders relay. i mean that's kind of what it's called <laughs> it's hot okay it's a hot movie so the nice thing about european roulette wheels is they have 37 numbers instead of 38 so that really changes the odds in his favor and in europe they just love old shit they don't replace it so like the wheels were really old like they're really biased So he would bounce around from Monaco to France to Germany with like a team of eight and record up to 20,000 spins on each wheel. And then in 1964, he was like, I'm ready. So he went to a Swiss bank and he got a 25,000 pound loan to go and just clean up. And he spent six months like walking into casinos announcing like, I know how to beat your roulette wheel and placing bets and winning. By the end of six months, he had made 625,000 pounds in profit 
which is about six point seven yeah. million dollars. Hell now. yeah, dude! My God! So he starts making headlines all over the world, and everybody wanted to know what his secret was, but he wouldn't tell them his secret. Right. Uh, he let everybody assume that he knew how to watch the ball because he he liked to do thing where he'd walk in, watch the ball, and then place a bet. He didn't tell people he'd recorded thousands and thousands and thousands. Right. Of he did reconnaissance. Mm-hmm. And the casino owners had no idea what the hell was going on. So after a while, he kind of retires from his medical job and buys a luxury apartment in San Remo in Italy. And just like basically it's next to the casino. It's like one of the more famous casinos in Europe. He's like, whenever I need money, I'll just go Bought himself it. a nice white Rolls Royce, drove up to the gambling den, and over three days he won $360,000. And eight months later, he came back and won $1.4 million oh in a God. single weekend, which literally absorbed all of the casinos on hand cash. Uh, he did that at two different wheels twice. Oh my fun. God. In one night. So the casino was like, I'm almost bankrupt. So he banned Jureski from the casino for 15 days for being just like too fucking good at this. And they couldn't figure out how he was doing it. So they lift the ban in 15 days. They move all the roulette wheels around the mm-hmm. casino. Like they take the 15 days to move the roulette wheels around. He comes back. He had actually made notes about all the nicks and scratches. Right, and I'm sure so he's he like, knew which wheel was wheel. which. And he won $717,000 that night that they let him back in and they had to issue him an IOU because they're like, we don't have $717,000 right now. So he was literally called a menace to every casino in Europe. Nobody knows how he's doing it. Finally, San Remo gives up, shuts down for three months and replaces all of its roulette wheels for like millions of dollars just to like stop him from winning. And that works. Yep, that did. But anyway, all told, during his run from 1964 to 1969, he made a profit of about $8 million. Wow. Just playing roulette. Is that our money or his time money? I think it's his. That's his. Yeah. So in our time money. No, no, no. That's our time money. One point one and a quarter million dollars his time. Okay. $8 million today. Still pretty awesome. Yeah. So now casinos are all upgrading their wheels. And of course, nowadays, they're all computerized. No more actual physical defects to study. It's like a slot machine, essentially. And also, nobody plays roulette anymore because of that. And it's sad. Oh, roulette's fun, though. I like it. In 1973, he's like, I've done all I can with roulette. I made $8 million. I'm kind of bored. So he moves back to New Jersey, where his brother, who he also grew up with, Happened to become a billionaire um, in commodities trading. <laughs> trading like he also had this like genius, and what he learned was how to buy and sell gold, and he did it so well that he became a billionaire Where hedge can fund I owner. Get some of that? And he was like, he borrowed some money from his brother, and then he became an extremely successful commodities broker and one of the richest people in the world. Fuck that. Yeah. Ugh, I'm jealous. His son. Uh, inherited his love of games and at age nine became the youngest chess master in history. Okay. So anyway, these were the people the Nazis wanted to kill. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking geniuses. Uh, in the, the early nineties. Geniuses. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. The Nazis. No. Fucking geniuses. In the early nineties, Jureski got tired of Atlantic city and he moved to Manila where they have this flourishing gambling scene that has almost no regulation. And he stayed there until 2018, where he died at the age of 87, 
And uh, every night he went to the casino in Manila, he came home a little bit richer. richer. The Damn. And you I go, was waiting guy. for that to like... I was waiting for that to like... The sad twist. Fall from grace, yeah. No, no, that dude just started making money at a young age and never stopped. Damn. Yeah. That's nutty. It's And he's probably got some weird autism or something that makes him like really for sure at rain man dot biz yeah yeah i'm impressed i would love to have money <laughs> just any of it like what like a thousand dollars a day yeah don't even i would die with a thousand i don't know what day. i would do i'd figure it out with money yeah, yeah. just get like hammered <sighs> I know what yeah, I but on Jameson instead of just well whiskey. It's the T.W. Samuel. Damn. I know what I would do, but it's all really sad. No, it's not. Like what? I, would, I would fix Pay my off yard. your debt. Yeah. Yeah. I'd paint my house. That's not sad. Damn. Like, I think small. Bougie. Well, if it's a thousand dollars a day, you got it. My be. house needs painting. Same. Mm. Well. Oh, speaking of painting, this has nothing to do with it. Um, I'm going to tell you about a guy who was very unfortunate. Um, did he suffer a series of events? He did. He <laughs> suffered a series of What's unfortunate events. Lemony? No, um, ugh, this poor fucking guy. I'm trying to find his first name just so we can get it there i'm sorry i know is it bruce no it's not bruce he's he's from japan but the most important part is that his last name is ochi so mr ochi is uh he's kind of i I don't i don't want to say an unskilled worker but maybe just not a trained to the fullest extent worker and not the skilledest. Yeah, not the skilledest. <laughs> not the skillet. Um, so he's working for a company in Japan, and it's called Toyota. No, Sony. Samsung. No, Samsung's it's called. Korean. Oh fuck. JCO Tokaimura Plant, and uh, <laughs> they're working. On they're working with creating fuel for a fast reactor called Joyo, J O I O, J O J O. This sounds like the beginning of a. It's the beginning of something bad. James Cameron movie. Yeah. So the company JCO had since 1993 used a method to create fuel that uh, wasn't approved by. Japan regulations they were like that's fine um we have our own company way to do this and we have a guide and what's the fuel for cars and shit or um it's a nuclear reactor oh no oh yeah sorry uh so it's not safe um <laughs> Ochi and his two colleagues um Shinohara and Yokokowa are both <laughs> shut up man I'm trying you're killing it you're I'm trying great. uh so they're you loosely using this 
made up guide from a company who was like, well, we're not doing it the right way, but here's how you should do it our way. And they are doing that for a while. And then in September of 1999, Shinohara is standing on a platform above one of the mixing tanks and is pouring urinal nitrate solution into or from a steel bucket into this reactor. This right is before we, Y2K? Right. Yeah, like this is not, I, I mean, Chernobyl happened a billion years ago yeah, compared this is to this in 1999. How we got Tim Burton's Joker. Yeah, this is the seventh bucket of solution to be added to what they were making. Yokokawa starts out holding the funnel through which Shinohara is pouring the liquid but turned it over to Aochi or Aochi and Aochi. Um, he goes to sit in a in an adjoining room and at that point is when criticality occurs so criticality yeah so oh shit <laughs> when something goes critical especially in a nuclear sense that means you're fucking about to die mm -hmm. and all of your molecules are going to be fucked in your body so the solution goes critical and the three workers see a blue flash of light which is known as the Cherenikov radiation uh, flash and what happens then is an electromagnetic radiation is emitted when a charged particle, like an electron, passes through a dielectric medium at a speed greater than the phase velocity of light. And that's where you get a, glue, a blue glow from. I didn't think things could go faster than light. A speed greater than the phase velocity of light. I'm sure it all checks out. I'm just confused. I don't know. Yeah. I, that's mm -hmm. what I looked up on Wikipedia about I don't even about know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> fucked up shit happens. And they see it. They're like, oh, God. So they run away. And uh, Aochi, Aochi, yeah, sorry, uh, immediately pukes and faints in the room that they flee to and all three guys are taken to a hospital and then transferred into the National Institute of Radiological Sciences located in Chiba and Ochi is the worst off and they move him to University of Tokyo Hospital and so there's this thing that happens when you're exposed to high levels of radiation and it's superpowers it's not superpower. It's no. like exactly the opposite. No. Um, so he, I mean, initially all of them look fucked up and like red and burned. But right after that happens, they have something that's called walking ghost phase. And <laughs> it's not oh funny. It's God. really well, terrible. No, I've been there. You've, you've had it. <laughs> So Dude, I got stood up. What happens in walking ghost phase is so you've had so much radiation that it's shattered the chromosomes in your body. Uh, your body no longer obtains a blueprint from which to reproduce cells. And so you're dead 
on the inside, but your body hasn't really caught up to that yet. Fuck. So what's happening <laughs> is that your chromosomes, like, like it first starts with your skin because your skin is constantly shedding, yeah. but because they don't, the, your cells can't reproduce your DNA anymore. It can't make skin anymore. So for a couple wow. days, you're okay. This is making me want to throw up. Yeah. For Just a couple, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. For a couple days, you're okay. But eventually, your entire bar body just starts to fail. Um, sorry, don't throw up. I'm just imagining people's skin. Uh, despite him looking okay and being in this walking ghost phase that we know of now blood tests were showing that his levels of white blood cells and lymphocytes were dangerously low which means he also had no immune system right because he can't make more blood cells yeah that was the thing i was because that's what you need to make all the damn time yeah so they put him into a clean room in the icu and are just basically monitoring him constantly for signs of infection, daily blood tests to try and detect early, I don't know how really significantly is he terrible getting just it like is. constant transfusions? So or? yeah, so his sister is a compatible donor and he becomes the world's first recipient of the peripheral blood, blood systems or blood, blood stem system. cells. Sorry. I fucked that up. Peripheral, peripheral. I can't say that word. Peripheral blood stem cells harvested from her blood and transfused into his in hopes that that would allow him to create new blood cells right. and give him a chance to survive. It's like, here's that blueprint you were looking for. Yeah. Uh, the fucked up cells damage those cells and that does not work. <laughs> to eat them up? Zombie yeah. cells. Shit. Yeah, they're all fucked up. So... He's still kind of in okay shape and they say that it's fucked up because he doesn't really get the gravity of his situation. He says stuff like, I thought I would be able to leave the hospital in a month or so, but I, or a month or so, but I guess it's going to be longer. And they're yeah. like, and he's like, aren't you supposed to, you have a risk of getting cancer? And they're like, no it's so 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 much worse than this oh my god i totally empathize with yeah. this guy so after that his skin starts to fall off but there it is as yeah. cells of the epidermis are some of like i said the most rapidly reproducing in the body uh they can't even use gauze or tape to keep his skin together because the skin itself is just it's sliding off Jelly. his body yeah it's not sticking to him fuck i wish i had a xanax right now so <laughs> his oh lungs begin to fill with feet fluid your nose. and um do you need a bucket he's just i have one don't throw up um so he's <laughs> i just feel so bad for this guy yeah he's still jesus he's still trying to be sort of positive i guess with his skin falling yeah, his off? skin is falling off no i'd get negative um yeah but just and kill me yeah. i don't know if you heard me say but his lungs are beginning to fill with fluid now is this like a permanent state this ghost yeah. body thing no well There's he's he's past walking ghost phase walking ghost is when 
you look, you look okay. okay, but and your insides are rotting, but it hasn't caught up to your outside. Now he's full. So ghost now face. it's obviously very much caught up to his outside. But he down did, ghost it's not face. like his DNA ever comes back yeah. and saves himself. No. Well, no, it's it's not going to happen. He doesn't have any DNA anymore. It's all his chromosomes are torn to shreds. Wow. So uh, the hospital is trying to help keep him alive but obviously it's kind of a lost cause but they're still trying it's kind of almost seen as like experimentation just to kind of see how it goes at least we'll learn something about how to stop this or something yeah Yeah. uh so doctors are aware that at the point auchi had been exposed to the radiation it was 17 Severs of radiation, okay. which is more than twice the dose considered to have a 100% mortality rate. Damn. Which is eight severs. And if you've been watching Chernobyl, um, I haven't. The I want to. maxed out, like Geiger counters or whatever they're called in Chernobyl, like just the bare minimum ones, would max out at 3.2. So. He's had a whole bunch of radiation. Um, the family is still holding out hope. It's not working. Um, changing the gauze that they were trying to use on his body would take three hours and 10 people to do and they would weigh the gauze to see how much fluid he lost through the tissue that was no longer covered by Fuck skin off. yeah uh so they would know how much oh, to no, no, try no. and this replace. is a euthanization case yeah it's not yeah by the point Just that they were me. doing this his nails had fallen off his eyelids could no longer close oh no 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 don't don't throw up Skin grafts were performed (laughs) and the doctors were thinking that maybe the skin grafts would work to help prevent fluid loss, but it didn't. Um, He was given a series of colonoscopies. When was this? 1999. Okay, colonoscopies just sound like really rubbing salt on that wound. Uh, Well, the reason was doctors feared that mucous membrane of his intestines had been damaged and the fuck does that matter now uh, yeah yeah. so eventually severe diarrhea set in and Mm -hmm. blood was flowing out of him that way because his innards were sloughing off everything because they couldn't hold on to it anymore your skin is gone and your eyelids won't close point just fucking so point a gun at my brain and let me yeah reiterate that he was kept alive for 83 days we're to day 59 so there's almost 30 more Wait, days. Wait, there's what? another month left? Yeah. Why? Did On he want this? day 59, Auchi suffered a series of three heart attacks. They revived him three times Why? because there was no do not resuscitate order in place. <gasps> to answer your question immediately. Can he talk <laughs> right now or did his tongue um, melt? No, I doubt it. Uh, they were legally required to revive him. His oh, heart had yeah. stopped for a total of 49 minutes and is breathing for an hour and 35 minutes. Following this, he stopped responding to any stimulus 
and failed a pupillary light reflex test. Right. So. And this is day 59? Day 59. Though his brainwaves were not entirely flat, he finally seemed aware of what, unaware of what was happening. Like, they think he was essentially almost brain dead by day 59. Okay, good. Well, then let's go to the whole yeah. dead part. After? The heart attacks, his kidneys and livers started failing. Liver started failing. He did nothing to deserve this. Um, His body was fully mechanized, mechanized by a ventilator. Like, you know, his body's just dying. And then finally, on December 19th, 1999, 81 days after irradiation, the doctors were like, yo, what's up? Auchi's family, you need to sign a do not resuscitate order. I'm surprised it took that long. Um, maybe they the kind of forced him into it, I would think, yeah, if they so, hadn't done it already. Right. Yeah. I guess maybe the family was the ones keeping yeah. it. Yeah. So well, they finally. That family. Mm. So they finally agreed to it, quote, somewhat in denial. So it was the what? family. Have they seen, bro? Their last visits to him, bros all, and melting mummy, all involved them begging him to please hang on. But two days later, the eighty-third day after the enter of after the in, and oh my god, I can't talk. Accident. I want to say incident and accident at the same time. He finally died. He was thirty-five years old. Oh, um, Jesus Christ! So. Despite all of his cells breaking down, all of his skin was not fully gone by the time of his death. Oh, good. Um, They said there was a defined border around his body and the skin on his back appeared relatively normal. He had a little bit on his front, but it just looked like he had been severely scalded. Um, All the nurses. Yeah. All the nurses and doctors said that they were relieved that he had finally died because he had been going through this shit for so long and his family was like, he can do it. And they were like, no. He can do what? So um, just a quick note, his other colleague, Shinohara, who had been pouring the solution and he was exposed to about 10 severs of radiation. Okay, so also way damn So too way much. too much. For a couple of months, he seemed to be okay. And then um, they thought he would recover, but slowly the same symptoms started happening oh. also. It was less severe to start with, but it uh, eventually just deteriorated and his skin started, started to fall off also. Um. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And he died 211 days after. At what about f- the other 40. guy? Yeah. Um, the guy who like said, I'm going on break. You hold this. He lived. Was he? one of six men from JCO who was found guilty of professional negligence. And his name, that was Yoko Kawa and he survived the criticality and because he pieced out before it right yeah but i mean he didn't know it was going to happen he was like here you hold this right and none of them knew and he made the statement 
we weren't educated on how to avoid criticality. I thought it was fine to pour a large volume of uranium solution into the tank. And they sentenced them to um, skin melting. two to three years in imprisonment. <laughs> three years? Yep. I mean, it wasn't that guy's fault. It should have been the company itself, but I don't know how you would do that. Uh, Anyways. You'd get him. You'd go and get him. Shut him down. Yeah. So that's the very upsetting story. I, the movies make radiation poisoning seem fun. Like I'd never knew exactly what happened. Oh, it is not. It's not cool. No. And I thought it was more like a burn, like it, like a burn. Mm -mm. I thought a bug getting in my ear was my biggest fear. Yeah. No, No. it should. Now it's all my chromosomes being broken. Yeah. No. I that all yeah came from watching Chernobyl and it's fucking fantastic. Everybody should watch it on HBO if you have it. Okay. I mean that guy obviously wasn't in Chernobyl, but same diff. Radiation poisoning is nutty. Why do we even need nuclear ugh whatever? It's much more efficient. It's, it's good. If like, you don't fuck up with it. If it's not fucked up, it's crazy efficient. And it has no pollution. Yeah. Other than the spent radioactive waste that we have to shoot into space. Yeah. But we bury underground for some reason. Never understood that. No. Space is a lot bigger than ground. That's true. You know? And it doesn't weigh much. And we're sending sh- satellites up there. Take the trash and shoot it into space. I'm down. Good. Everybody argues with me poisoning, on this. Shoot me out to space. Yeah. You're not. There's no nuclear reactors for energy in the continent. Right. Hmm? In our continent. There aren't any nuclear reactors active. I know there aren't in the U.S. Uh, you might be right. But. I know that all the Europe ones. Has bunch. I'm never traveling. In China. Or in, sorry, not China, in Russia, were shut down. Yeah, and they don't build them anywhere near a fault line yeah. anymore. So, but yeah. Boo. Lisa, what'd you learn? Ugh. Did you learn how to throw up in your mouth and swallow it? Pretty much. Yeah, Lisa looks upset. Sorry. Was, I didn't know that would make you grossed out so hard. Was, it's just so sad. It's it's very upsetting. It's so sad. I will say if you do Google this, there's um No there's pictures. no there's a picture of somebody who was very badly burned, but it's not them. It looks like a guy kind of like laying in a bed and like his whole body is all red and fucked up and it looks like it could like be him. Yeah, but like the room he's in is not a clean room. The one of the arms is supposedly severed and they had talked about initially amputating Ochi's arm because that was the one that was pouring the solution that got the most radiation. Yeah. But the doctors were like, if we cut off his arm, like he can't heal he can't maintain his own skin. Like cutting off his arm, he'll just die. Yeah, it's not. That's not the problem. It's not like a gangrene where it spreads, right? Like you got hit and you're hit and you're gone. I mean, if he was touching other people, and the other people because he's radioactive. Yeah, because he's radioactive. But uh, no, him, he's he's completely fucked. 
I mean, maybe it would have been better if they amputated it so he wouldn't have had to deal with that for so long. Yeah. But there is a photo out there that a lot of people think is him, but is not. I would hope that no one would take a photo of that. No. Well, I mean, it's scientific research at that point. I don't know why it would be available to the public. Right. Because you're not going to casually get radiation poisoning. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, okay. That's not a wormhole I want to go down. Nope. No. And that was nope. just 20 years Closing ago. It. Yeah. 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 Not long ago at all. I mean, Tokyo had a meltdown, what? During the tsunami, like three, yeah. three four years ago? Yeah. It's just, it's super dangerous and has uh, world lifelong consequences. Have y'all seen dark tourism? Nope. There's people that go to uh, Japan to um, like old reactor sites or like uh, actually I think it may have been where one of those meltdowns happened Mm -hmm. and they go with like the little Geiger counters or whatever they are and there's in in dark tourism he goes and everyone's freaking the fuck out because their counters go way up all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and like people are like I didn't like they thought it was going to be some kind of like, ooh, a this is like switch. a spooky fun Mm-mm. thing, like going to a haunted house. No, but they you were die. Like, you get is, cancer this two is years really from scary now. all of a sudden. Why'd they like, do yeah. that? It's a whole, it's a tourist thing now. Those people, I don't want to say they deserve to die, but no, but it's do a whole not Darwin go do scene. that. Yeah. 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 Y'all should watch Dark Tourism or okay. Dark Tourist. It's very sounds good. like a vice thing. It does. It's the guy who d- did y'all ever We're watch? We're going to Ticklish? Chernobyl. <laughs> is it called I know Ticklish? what it is. That's the tickling competition thing. thing. Yeah, it's the guy who did that. The same documentary. I thought that was vice. No, he just is cool. It's just vice like. <laughs> he just jewels. He's you just know? real fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, dark tourism sport. Really good. Right. It's really good. What did you learn? What did we learn? I just learned vomit. Vomit. I we vomit learned like I'm a variety sad. of things. This was a very, this was very much like a snack pack. I episode. can't believe I started with fucking water sprites and we ended with toenails falling with, off. With, you know, water bodies. <laughs> a real watery body. <laughs> no. <laughs> I read on the back of your paper that it took three hours to change the gauze and 10 people. I said that too. You did? Yeah. yeah and you were you making throw up noises. And I said also that as they were changing it, they had to weigh the gauze to see how much. I remember that much. part. Yeah. That's what happened before. Please don't repeat that. I remember that see part. See how many fluids he lost by weight. It's pus sucked up by the gauze. They okay. do. That's, I mean, the way he experienced it was gross, but that is standard kind of procedure so it happens all the time i've had my gauze weighed (laughs) it's kind of fun it's like a competition see how light you can make your gauze lisa can we weigh your gauze (laughs) yeah dude if it means i'm losing (laughs) weight fuck yeah (laughs) next time i gauze up i'm bringing it to your house no ew i'm just gonna find some like slightly yellow gauze i'm not gonna like porch. call you right yeah i'm just gonna like leave it on your front porch. crusty but wet at the same yeah. time it's gonna be like a oh, flaming wow. bag of dog shit yeah. but it's gonna be my fluids <laughs> how did no why did you say crusty but wet that sorry because mm. that's what gauze <laughs> is man 
Just like a scab. Yeah, like a... Sorry, everyone. Like a, <laughs> like a lasagna that you somehow overcooked and undercooked at the mm-hmm. same time. Just like the edges are crusty and the middle still. Jiggly, jiggly. So that's what we learn. <laughs> Wet and crusty. Wet and crusty. Wet and crusty. Just like an egg salad sandwich that's toasted. Ew. What? Yeah. It's the same consistency, just biting. No. <laughs> right no. Into that. Done. <laughs> we out. Bye. That's it. <laughs>